Cindy, if you get your hand infected, you could like lose your hands. And I'm like, Jared, I'm I'm not gonna lose my hand. I'm gonna stay in the band. Bye. <laughs> That's my time where I can feel like I belong someplace and I'm strong and I'm valuable and I have like this connection between just me and everything around me. And it just feels like really, really like right. Welcome to the Why We Hike podcast, where we explore the highs, the lows, and the whys for going outside. I'm your host, Ford Thunder Erickson, and boy howdy, that intro rhymed real good. Let's do some talking. Hello. Welcome to another episode of Why We Hike. We're inside of a vehicle right now with a person named... Cindy Nicole Davis. Cindy Nicole Davis! <laughs> what are we doing right now, Cindy? We're going to the drive-thru at Taco Bell to get Taco Bell breakfast. We are. So we're going to have a third person on the interview here in just a second. Any second. Hi, are you? Oh, I'm doing amazing. Thank you so much. What can I get for you today? Oh, man. Um, I think I would like to purchase a... Uh, a breakfast crunch wrap, the the bacon one. Sour cream on that tastes great. Sorry, what was that? Bacon crunch wrap with sour cream. Does it come with sour cream? No, but it tastes oh. really good. Nah, that's all right. All right, what else? Thanks, so. Also, right. we're record we're recording a podcast right now, so you're on the podcast. Right. So you're gonna be famous. I'll be famous. <laughs> all Appreciate right. it. Thank cool. you. Cool. Thanks, man. You're welcome. Bye, bye. Oh. <laughs> Never done an episode like this before. Oh yeah, Taco Bell doesn't mess around with their breakfast. Uh, I know this podcast is about the outdoors and hiking <laughs> and whatnot, but you know, I realize it's not super cool maybe to be eating some processed uh, corporate fast food, but the breakfast menu at Taco Bell is unbelievable. It's cheap, it's big, and it's the best things on their menu. And I worked at Taco Bell for six years, if you didn't know that. So I know my Taco Bell. Anyway, um, so I'm here with Cindy Davis. She is a very good friend of mine. Uh, she... I, I worked with her at Anasazi, but that's not our friendship. Mm-mm. You know? I'm not one of the Anasazi people yeah, in the beginning. We've been friends before that and are still friends after that. And Cindy is one of the most interesting people I have ever known in my whole life. She is a fascinating person who's been through all kinds of crazy things. She is possibly, she's at least one of the toughest people I have ever known. Maybe the toughest person I've ever known. I don't know, in every sense of the word. And, uh... Get together the most, the toughest people that you know and we'll f- I'll fight. <laughs> okay, but that's not even the whole, it's gotta be tough emotionally. We'll it's go gotta be tough, warfare. every kind of tough. We'll do ringer. some kind of like Olympic challenge. Uh, so um, she's amazing. She has a deep, passionate love for the outdoors in a lot of different ways. Mm-hmm. Um, she right now is very passionate about snowboarding, working at Sundance uh, Ski Resort. And uh, we've been backpacking together. It's just a lot of stuff there. How is your burrito so far? It's actually better than I thought it was going to be. It's amazing, right? Yeah. And I have to um, I have to admit something. What I don't, is it? I don't like Taco Bell's guacamole. I like guacamole if I make it. I don't really like uh, most people's guacamole. Huh. Well, I never knew you made guacamole, Cindy. I don't, I don't make anything now because I work 95,000 hours a week and I'm home she like does, 30 She also, yeah, that is another aspect of Cindy. She's one of the hardest working people I've ever known in every sense of the world, in the word. She uh, She's always working, yeah, like 95 jobs, 97,000 hours a week, all kinds of different things, treatment centers, ski resorts, wilderness therapy, just whatever. And so, I don't know. She's amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, but... Uh, we're gonna pause and eat for a minute. Yeah. BRB. <laughs> this like is how it. I feel. This music, how I feel when I'm. This is how I feel when I'm eating Taco Bell breakfast. <laughs> that album is called Rice Boy Sleeps. Yeah. All right. 
<clears throat> we have finished our meal and it was so good. Oh my goodness. I forget how good it is every single time. I'm glad you enjoyed it too, Cindy. Yeah, I did, Sam. Yeah, it was so good. Um, so, let's jump in here, Cindy. We're parked in this parking lot in Sugar House Park <laughs> next to a big pile of dead wood. And uh, so we got that for inspiration. And, <laughs> inspiration. Um, so, all right, I want to jump right into this, Cindy. You've, a lot of things have happened in your life. Mm -hmm. All kinds of things. And you have a very passionate, deep love for the outdoors. And I want to know where that started. Was what, what was your relationship to the outdoors when you were a kid? Was there, were there any moments you can remember where you thought like, oh man, I, I'm really connecting with this out here? Or was, was there, wasn't, maybe there wasn't anything really, but did that start when you became an adult or well, what's that, what was that journey like mm -hmm. for you in, when you were a kid? When I was a kid, to be honest, I hated outside. I hated being outside. I thought it was stupid. I grew up in Orlando, Florida. So the only times that I would ever go outside was when I was going to like Disney or like SeaWorld mm. with like my grandparents. But other than that, I thought like the sun was stupid. <laughs> I mean, like that's still like that's still a thing. Like, I hate oh yeah, the sun. that's one thing about Cindy as well. <laughs> she is cold-hearted. Isn't the right word, but she is. She's warm-blooded maybe that that's when you do good in the winter something so yeah. she loves the snow hates the heat hates the heat hates we're like skies. we're totally opposite people in that way yeah so anyway keep going Sorry. god yeah i hated the sun hated the heat hate the humidity i think it's just yeah just maybe that's why i feel like blue skies are super obnoxious just because i lived in florida mm. for just until like for 14 years i think it was or whatever but yeah, I did not like going outside. Like, I didn't have, like, any family members that, like, cared anything about going outside. Like, I was, like, we were not, like, a recreating family. Like, literally, I think, like, I think the first time I can remember being outside was when we went to Zion. I was, like, 15, and my dad's parents... Zion National Park? Yeah, Zion National Park. My dad's parents live in, lived in Spanish Fork. Utah and um we like came out here to like visit them and then we went and I think we hiked I think we hiked to like the Timpanogos cave so not like actual Mount Timp it was like I don't even know like how many miles of a so hike like that up, is up here yeah yeah oh, up in Utah okay. and the whole time like oh my god like we were driving around Zion and I just was like so like I was just like, who the hell does this? Like, this is so <laughs> dumb. Like, the, like really? this is... Oh, yeah. I remember I, like... <laughs> I went on this tangent of, like, Angel's Landing. Like, we were passing Angel's Landing, and you could, like, see all, like, the signs for Angel's Landing. And I was just like, only idiots would hike up Angel's Landing. If you hike up Angel's Landing, you're just... You deserve to turn into an angel, as in, like, fall off the top and, like, die. Like, that's got to be why it's called <laughs> This is that. why I love Cindy right now. Wait, how, so how old were you? When <laughs> I was, you're like, 15. Like, 15 really? or 16, yeah. Wow. And so I was just like, dude, this is so dumb. Like, people are out here, like, I bored as hell. this kind of late in your... Oh, yeah. Development, you hated the outdoors. I did not like outside, literally, at all. And so, up until, like... Up until... Yeah, when 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 did that start to shift? It started to shift when I was... I think I was, like, a senior in high school. And I had a lot of friends that... I went to high school in Statesboro, Georgia. And there's also a university that I also went to after high school called Georgia Southern University. And I had friends who had already gone to Georgia Southern... And I don't, I think it was just like a, I think this was like, actually, okay, rewind a little bit back. Like, maybe after Zion and like, maybe like my junior year, like, junior year, like, I won't get like super too into it, but like, I mean, when you're a teenager and you have angst and like... Also, sorry to cut you off. Dude. One of my giant hairballs from Oh, God! 
I am shedding like crazy these days Dude. and I just have hairballs all over like everywhere that's I go. That's me. That and honestly that's karmic energy because yeah, I a, leave my Really hair. sorry to cut you off. You, you were getting to something really good, but there's just this giant hairball on your sock that, that I'm pretty gnarly. sure was mine. It might have been so mine, I, dude. I apologize. <laughs> anyway, keep going. Anyway, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so as one has teenage angst and if you mix that in with kind of like my like more difficult or maybe not more difficult that's so shitty of me to say but i didn't have an easy like home life like as a teenager and young kid ish um so like i i think like i uh, i started just going off on to like walks or something but there was just like trees and like forests like all around like everybody had just like tons of woods like tons of like there was like abandoned like old cabins like all around so I kind of just like started walking just like to get out of the house and like just like have like time to myself or whatever I just started like walking around like in the trees and I would go like so far back like into the trees that I would like get lost and I just like find these like cabins like I'd bring like paints and like paintbrushes like with me and I would like paint up and down like on like the little like rotting wood planks that like the house was like built off of and I'd like paint on the windows or whatever I think that was like that was probably like my first time where I ever Mm -hmm. like consciously like because I didn't hate anything more than like being home some days like like I would I would take the sun over like being inside and like mad or like angry or whatever so i'd i'd do that but my the first time i ever like really tried to like make it like so like i would use that as like a solution to like having anger and like angst and like just kind of getting out yeah i would use that as a solution but i don't think that i made it a part of my life to to use the out side world or the natural world as a preventative measure for like negative feelings and all of that stuff until I like yeah was like a senior in high school and had all these friends in, that where were you at again this is in Statesboro in Georgia okay. yeah Statesboro Georgia um and uh, yeah so I had friends that went to Georgia Southern yeah. and I there was like this like rec center and like, I was kind of, like, into the idea of, like, working out or whatever. And also, not really working out because there was also, like, a um, like a rock wall. Like, there was a, a pretty good, like, climbing gym at this university in southern Georgia, which was really weird. But I had some friends that worked there. I, like, made this, like, fake student ID. And I had friends that worked at the rec center. So I would, like, borrow a shirt from one of my friends that was, like, one of their uniform shirts. And I would, like, hold up, like, my fake Georgia Southern, like, Eagle ID card or whatever it was called. And I would, like, run past, like, the people at, like, the front door who you would, like, scan your... You would get your student ID scanned and they'd let you through, like, the little, like, automatic, like, gate or whatever. I'd be wearing my Georgia Southern shirt and I would, like, (laughs) be like, oh, hey, guys, like, sorry, I'm late for a shift. Can you you just open the gate? Like, and I'd, like, wave my little, like, student ID (laughs) that was, like, fake as hell. And they'd just be like, oh, yeah, totally. And so, like, they'd just, like, let me in. And, like, every time it, like, would work, I'd be able to, like, go and climb. And so I liked, I got into the idea of climbing. So if you're an employee at Georgia Southern University, I want you to arrest Cindy right now. I want you to know that I finessed your ass, and it was easy, (laughs) because I was not that good at design at the time. No one ever checked that card. It was so shittily done. Anyway. (laughs) That's amazing. So for me. (laughs) So you were still a senior in high school, and you're starting to get just a little, you know, spending time in the woods. Uh, kind of around your neighborhood mm-hmm. um, kind of getting into climbing a little bit had you done any like outdoor climbing at the time or just no just I the, never had just kind of that idea of just just moving because that that's one thing I kind of wanted to explore a little more on this podcast you know the title is why we hike it's not even necessarily like always about doing it outside necessarily I think I'm almost just as passionate about just moving your body Mm. you know and what it does for you so even you were going to a climbing gym climbing yeah so all right all right so 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 i met you probably 
I don't know what, maybe like a couple years after this, maybe two, three years. Maybe even like a year, because I was only yeah. no, no, probably like a year and a half or two years. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, so I met you when you were like eighteen, nineteen, something like uh -huh. that. At what point? Yeah. What was the next step for you when you kind of started to discover? Well, the, the once, outdoors. once I started to discover it, I was, it was through that Georgia Southern crew that I actually like grew into. I actually went to the university afterwards, met incredible people, like this whole crew. Um, yeah, it was like, it was all my friends, like, I'm just shout out Charles Bull and Zach Charles. Allen and Allen. Kevin Sherfane and <laughs> Eva Blaze Eva. and Blair Lewis, like all Blair. these people who really, really got me like super into climbing. And like we started going like on outdoor trips and I like you would always have like these like you have to like hike into like bouldering areas or like to crags or whatever. And that's kind of like my first my first like times like I feel like hiking and so like with that whole like crew that was like fascinated and like enamored with the climbing like of course it comes like all like the talk of just like you know like Alex Honnold and like Adam Andra and like yeah. all these other people who are like insane like world-renowned like climbers and you get to like study like what they've been climbing and then I learned that like you know there's like Yosemite and that there's like the Tetons and I learned that there's like Indian Creek Utah and so I was just like these places are like phenomenal like there's so much more to the world and to the United States like that I could like not necessarily like climb because like I wasn't like as passionate about it it was just like a really good community and a really good environment like really mm. supportive like just that friend group like really made me like love just like being with good people, being outside, whether it was climbing, like, drinking beer at a lake or, like, doing whatever, like, I just, like, those people just, like, made me enjoy outside. So then it just kind of yeah. opened up my world to, like, anything that was, like, outside. So I eventually I kind of got tired of, like, yeah, living, like, at sea level and, like, having to drive, like, three hours to, like, find, like, a boulder tall enough to climb and uh, so I was just like oh I kind of want to like move out west like I'm kind of annoyed or not like annoyed but like I'm bored of being like in the swamp south and there's yeah. just like so much more like and at the time like I felt like I was like that I had like made it like this friend group of mine was like it was like the first time I felt like family and like community mm. and like included in something and so I, like, had this kind of, like, mentality of, like, oh, my God, I've, like, made it. Like, it doesn't get any better than this. Blah, blah, blah. And it's kind of, like, I could kind of recognize, like, how that was, like, not a healthy mindset. Because if I believed that, I would have never transferred out of GSU. I would have never left Georgia. I would have never made, like, I would have never, like, branched out or, like, tried to find, like, my, like, another group like that or whatever. I would just be, like, stuck and, like, tied down by, like, this one group of people that I felt my like world had like opened up from yeah. so I was just like I'm gonna move like you guys are great I love you all I'll come back and visit but like I want to go find more of this and so that's when I moved out to uh. like Idaho like Driggs for a second I learned how to snowboard there because I kind of just well I learned to snowboard at Grand Targhee but um but yeah I was just like I need to kind uh. of have my own thing I'm really tired of being in school too like I already yeah. hate school and so I was just like I'm just gonna go like have fun and waste all my money and like do this thing <laughs> that I've always so, wanted to do and that was learn to snowboard so I kind of like I like drove a car out to Driggs like lived in my car for a little bit got a season pass at at Targi and then like suffered for like weeks until I was like able to snowboard because I just like I just, yeah. like, looked up people, like, on YouTube that was, like, that were, like, giving, like, little tips and, like, making tiny videos on, like, how to mainly, like, do tricks or whatever. Like, maybe, like, backside 180s or, like, just, like, stupid little, like, 30-second clips of just, like, someone doing the same thing over and over again. But I'd be watching those videos and, like, trying to, like, stand up or, like, <laughs> figure out, like, my toe side and heel side edge. So it was, like, it took a long time. I didn't have any friends. I knew nobody. And I just went and drove to Targi wow. and, like, busted my ass for a few hours a day and then would go back and, like, 
be in my car and like would sleep so, and then do it again. Yeah, so <laughs> it, it kind of seems like it, it was the community of not just being outside, but also the community of being outside and kind of yeah, kind of giving you that that sense of family that you felt was kind of missing yeah for a long time and so you continued to follow that feeling all the way to go all the way across the united states Mm -hmm. and learn how to do something you'd never done before Mm -hmm. but seemed like you might like yeah and that's one thing i'm really passionate about i always encourage people because i i think for a lot of people there's some kind of sense of adventure in them and that may be totally different for each person like maybe your sense of adventure is like inventing a computer program yeah you know and maybe that's not the same adventure as like for cindy but i think so often including myself a lot of times we squelch those like inner feelings that we have Mm. of you feel this like desire like man you see like some video maybe some video of somebody snowboarding like wow that looks i want to like i want to i feel like i want to do that yeah, no. and then everybody always gives the excuse of like, but I can't. I'm. It's yeah. not the time. I'll do it later. Because you had like, all the excuses. Oh yeah. You're in Georgia. Oh I mean, yeah. I don't know much about Georgia. I assume it's not tons it's, of snowboarding it's there. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> Georgia. You know, we had all the excuses, and they're totally logical. And we all do. We all have excuses about why not to pursue those things. Because this is just my own personal beliefs. But like, I believe. Once again, I'm not preaching here, but this is just what I personally believe. When you have those kind of feelings in you, those like senses of adventure where you you see something or hear about something and you feel it like calling to you, like, like, oh man, I want to, I want to do that. I feel Mm -hmm. like I could do that, but, ah, but I I can't, you know, you always tell yourself you can't. I believe that's coming from God. That's what I, that's how I view it. Um, regardless of whatever anyone's views are, that's how I view it. And so I'm like, I, I think you got to go with that. I think that's a yeah. gift, you know? And so I, I love that you did that and you're still doing that. Mm-hmm. Like, correct me if I'm wrong, but the whole reason you live in Salt Lake City, Utah it's is... a snowboard. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. I love that, you know? <laughs> you didn't move here because you got a job. You didn't move here because you maybe had family or friends or anything. It's... And maybe there, some of those are true, but mm-hmm. that's not why. Yeah, no. You're here to be in the mountains. Yeah. And to move in the mountains, which yeah. is amazing. Mm-hmm. And uh, Might be doing it again soon if we don't get some more freaking snow, dude. Uh, Hood's been... getting dumped on. Montana's getting dumped on. Targhee's getting dumped on. Yeah. So bring we on need some snow. Snow, snow gods, if you're listening. We need you to send snow. And that's saying something for me to say that because yeah, I'm wild. afraid of cold weather. <laughs> I'm afraid of winter. But I realize the importance of moisture Yeah. in all its forms. We need it even just outside. We were talking about this earlier. Even outside of just snowboarding, like nature needs it, you know. Yeah. We need a spring. We're going to have a real, real scary spring and summer if we only get like four days of snow for yeah. the whole winter. <laughs> so snow gods, if you're listening, please... Please bless us with some snow. We, we need it down here in Salt Lake. Um, so I, I want to shift gears just a little bit. Do it. Um, one thing that Cindy and I have done together is... Let's see. I'm not sure how old you were at this point. Maybe 20? I was 20 because we were talking about me going to... Me working at Anasazi before this. Uh, and I wasn't old enough yet. Yeah. So, so you gave me like simulations before... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, we uh I, that summer I was backpacking a lot. This was 2016, I believe, which is crazy. That's like four and a half years That's ago. That's wild, yeah. That's insane. But uh I was backpacking a lot, mostly alone, and I had become friends with Cindy. We weren't like super good friends yet. I don't I don't really remember. We were I don't friends really remember. for deep love. Shout out Terry Wilson. Terry Wilson. I have us someone. Together. I have someone that I think you'll love. And then <laughs> I go to deep love, and then I'm like, dude, I love that guy on the guitar. He's the only one playing as if he is up there to play heavy shit, and it's incredible. And he, and then Terry's like, yeah, that's the guy that I think you're gonna love. Like, I'll introduce you. Whatever, whatever. And then boom, birth, friendship, birth. Birthed our friend, baby. 
Yes. We didn't. We don't have a baby. Just to <laughs> Except for this baby that's hanging yeah, by its there is a baby hanging from the, the car. Yeah, there's this little green baby I have hanging in my car. Anyway, that's a whole other story. Uh, but yeah, backpacking. Yeah. I was 20. I was living in Idaho Falls, and you were I don't even know, just doing whatever in the summer. Yeah, I think I just had the whole summer off, and I was just backpacking a lot. And so we talked, and I was like, "Let's go." And so I'd never been to the White Clouds Wilderness. I had never been backpacking before. I'm actually realizing. I literally had been, like, car camping, like, down in, like, Kentucky for, like, climbing or whatever, or, like, North Carolina, but I think that the first time I ever went backpacking was with you. Wow. That's kind of wild, That's actually. That's special thing. <laughs> That's great. Wow. And we, yeah, we went twice that summer, but we went to the same... Like, within the same three weeks, because it was my birthday, <laughs> and then oh, a week yeah. and a half later was your birthday, and we went for... Yeah both our birthdays um yeah we we pride ourselves <laughs> in our friendship that there's like a three week window where we're less than 10 years apart yeah <laughs> uh if anybody's listened to that and they're like four that's pretty weird that you hang out with people 10 years like just wait till you get in your mid-30s man <laughs> yeah. everyone seems like they're your same age that's my experience anyway yeah i've never felt that ford has ever been anything more than like four years <laughs> older than me ever. yeah so yeah so we went to the white clouds wilderness um, neither of us had ever been there before. It's in central Idaho. Mm -hmm. It's close to the Sawtooth Mountains, which are more famous, and you can mm -hmm. see them from the highway. But the White Clouds, I was actually watching a documentary. There's a documentary on Amazon Prime Ooh. that I'd seen before. It's called Idaho, the movie. <laughs> <laughs> I'd watch that shit immediately. It was really good. But then this week I just noticed there was Idaho, the movie 2, the sequel. And I was like, <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> And so I watched that this week, and they talked about the white clouds. And uh, the guy in the video said he believes the white clouds are... I can't remember how he worded it, but they it is the 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 largest, most... Uh, I forgot the word he used. Heavenly? Most uh, beautiful and large mountain range that no one has ever heard of in Dude, America. For real. And oh my it's God. away from all the major highways. You can't see it from the roads at all. Um, and there are over a hundred peaks, over 10,000 feet. Uh, it's pretty, it's an amazing, glorious place. And so we went out there. Incredible. Um, oh my God. Yeah. What, what are your thoughts on, what do you remember from that? Trip? Okay. I remember, okay. I'm pretty sure this is the white clouds, but do you remember that one campsite? It was like the first night. I think it was the first night of the first trip. Maybe it was the second trip. I can't remember, but you had we rolled out all of our stuff and you had lost your oh, sleeping mat yeah my sleeping pad because it was kind of windy we're up on this yeah, ledge this overlooking ledge. this glorious lake and all oh, these peaks my and my sleeping pad like blew off the ledge yeah and we couldn't we couldn't find anyone you had to like go down and like find it somewhere but that campsite was just the most immaculate secluded oh. beautiful it was a spiritual experience it was incredible it was Ooh, oh, dude, that's the thing that I always remember from one of those trips, or yeah, from either of those trips, is that one campsite, mm. um, where it was yeah, just like straight up like unreal. Yeah. But so pretty. And I remember we found that campsite because I found this one little patch of snow. Oh yeah. And I was like, oh my god, there's snow! And so like I like left trail or whatever, and like ran up to the snow or whatever, and I was like, wait, it looks like there's like this little thing or whatever. So we just like kept walking up, and then found this campsite that like I swear to God, like five people have ever like. Yeah, it was like up on touched. this ledge, away from the trail. It was amazing. It was incredible. But yeah. that was, that was a really really good point in the trip or one of the trips um what I, there, there, well, there's another part i want to ask you about because we we did that trip and then like you said we went back for my birthday uh -huh. which was like three weeks later yeah and we went to another part of the white clouds which i kind of fell in love with um the fourth of july oh, trailhead i, I remember say, yeah and I can't remember exactly the names of the places that we went, but I remember we got up to this this uh, ridge line, oh, and there's this faint yeah. trail, and we were going to a different place, but we decided, like, just following that sense of adventure, you know? We're like, oh, man, that looks pretty cool. There's this kind of faint, unmaintained trail going up this ridge line. We decided yeah. just to follow it, and uh, After we'd do you remember what I'm talking straight, about? Oh, yeah, for sure. Oh, yeah. 
Oh man, I <laughs> I forget that that was I forget that that was part of that trip, but that like that is what one of the most important like I that was like one of the most important days of my entire life straight up. It was incredible. Um, but yeah, we followed yeah, this just... like well, we first had yeah, we went from this lake and then we like hiked like straight up for like I mean, it probably felt like an hour, but it was probably, like, now, like, 20 minutes or whatever. But, <laughs> <laughs> but it was just, like, really, like, yeah, we got up to this, we got up to this saddle or whatever, and we saw that one trail, not even trail, literally just looked like an, uh, like, a pack trail or whatever, like an animal, like a little animal's game trail. Yeah. And so then we followed it, and we went up to this one peak. I think we were, like, trying to see if it was, like, a peak or not. It was, like, close enough that we could see, like, it not taking very long. But then once we got up there, we just sat there for, like, yeah. four hours. Yeah, not like, not exaggerating at all. Not we, exaggerating we just saw that it was, like, all. this kind of little knob uh, yeah. high point on the ridge. Yeah, we got up there. And yeah, I, I was like what you said. I, I kind of thought like, oh, we get up there, check it out. Oh, nice view, cool. Yeah. And then maybe go back to our original trail. Yeah. We literally stayed on top of that knob for the rest of the day. Yeah, straight up because we just walked down to the like we walked down back down to the saddle and then walked to the the closest lake. I think it was probably only like two miles or whatever. And then we just camped there. Yeah. <laughs> so, Which again was another beautiful. Yeah. Super glorious. beautiful lake like that you walked through like this little like basin of like springs and like creeks like all covered by like just really shallow like grasses and like rocks and oh it was gorgeous so so i've heard you say this before but when we were up there on that little knob thing um on that ridge i've heard you say that before that you were like that that was one of the most i can't remember what you said just now meaningful significant moments in your life or something after that point important I want to get into that. Okay. What what was it about that place, that moment, that... And what did it do to you? Did it do for you? I want to dig into that a little bit. Um, well, I feel like it was... Because, yeah, it was like a solid, like, four freaking hours that we spent up there. And two of those hours, I feel like, was us just, like, talking. Like, we just talked about, like... I think we talked a lot about, like, conformity... I was, like, I had had, like, interests and, like, some, like, connections here and there between, like, me and, like, the, like, LDS church and whatnot. Like, I had, Mm -hmm. like, yeah. And so, I remember, like, I kind of, like, I'd kind of been, like, talked, like, I, I was no longer, like, interested in it. But we were getting on to, like, that topic. Like, I think I was, like, dogging on it for some for something about, like, being, like... I can't remember exactly. I don't want to, like, be, like, mean or rude or whatever. Because I was definitely <laughs> mean and rude about it probably in, on that day. <laughs> but, like, I remember just talking a lot about, like, conformity and... Uh, and, like, not, like... Not signing, and it wasn't just about, like, some religious, like, whatever. It was about, like, literally, like, even just, like, subscribing to, like, one idea of, like, life and how, like, I just, like, can't do it. Or, like, Mm -hmm. just because, like, that, that just, like, means I've, like, either, like, sold out or I've, like, bought some, uh, someone else's, like, reality or something like that or whatever. And we just, like, talked about that for, like, a really long time and you said like i think i think the most important thing that you said to me was just like was something along the lines of like people like people who are like stuck in that like subscribed like way of life kind of like need to be checked like by people like me or like people that are willing to like ask questions or people that are like willing to kind of like dissect like comforts like that you know whether that be like religion or like like a steady solid like vanilla white bread like life of like yeah working nine to five and just like being like 
Oh man, I'm gonna sound like a freaking ridiculous person. <laughs> but <laughs> it, I mean, it's okay. You don't you don't need to go into like. But I mean, it was like about that. It, it was just it was it was just a really eye opening thing because yeah, like we weren't like super. Um, we definitely weren't as close as we are now. Yeah. But like the fact that you like sat there and talked to me for like two and a half like hours, just like about like what I could bring to. And it wasn't like you were trying to like convince me like otherwise like no like <laughs> this is the way like this is the right thing or whatever but I think it, you were just saying like okay like well just like keep your mind like open to things or like consider things being this way and so after that I like just considered I considered everything a little bit deeper than. I was like previously like before I like just like wrote it off as like bullshit or like Mm -hmm. wrote it off as like as like yeah what do you think it was and maybe there isn't an answer to this but what do you think it was about the environment that invited it was just like it was you and me in this like end like endless view to the left endless view to the right like yeah it was like our second trip so like I feel like I feel like it just, like, meant more. Like, Mm. it was just really, really meaningful. Because, number one, like, I mean, to and also to get down to the the point of, like, why we hike and why I hike. I mean, like, I, I go outside and I hike and I, like, suffer whatever the sun or, like, freezing temperatures or whatever. I do all that because I, like, feel, like... I feel like my, I feel strongest when I'm like outside and I like feel like I have like the most value. I like grew up feeling like I like didn't really like have a place like in the world. It was like really hard for me to like fit in. Like I always felt like guilty like when I was places like or like I and then also like into like adulthood like I still really really struggle with this like all the time honestly like utilizing people's like homes and like being invited to like stay with people when I'm going through like a really rough thing like I always just like like feel bad like being lots of places like I either feel like someone else who was like better could like be here or like someone who like contributes more to like the greater good could be here more or like something like I I just I'm it's it takes a lot of convincing for me to believe that I belong someplace. Mm. So, but like when I'm like out in the wilderness or like when I'm out like in like the desert or I'm out like in negative 10 degrees when it's dumping freaking snow and I'm like hiking like the back country for like for like just a line to snowboard like I feel like I belong and I feel like there's like a space there for me mm. and I feel like that's my time where I can feel like I belong someplace and I'm strong and I'm valuable and I have like this connection between just me and everything around me and it just feels like really really like right like I feel like I make sense when I'm like benefiting like from like even just like sleeping under a tree like I make a relationship with the juniper because it keeps me warm because the branches are super low to the ground like if it's raining it does a really good job of keeping me safe and keeping me dry and keeping my like my like area not flooded and like muddy or whatever like I just feel like I belong to that juniper and that juniper like well it can never belong to me because it's ridiculous to say but like I just like feel like closer to it and like Mm. it makes it just makes sense for like me to be there and and yeah and I've only ever like felt that like about like I've only ever felt that super super strong in like a few instances like of my life which probably is also like Anasazi and then like snowboarding Mm. so yeah I love that thanks for sharing that Cindy of course I love Um, it too it's a long time coming (laughs) (laughs) um yeah I feel like there's kind of a common theme of community coming there uh-huh. you know like that's what, how you kind of first discovered it was kind of a sense of community yeah being outside with people but then even i think connected to that is 
yeah finding a place where you feel like you belong even if there's no one around when you're outside mm-hmm. you feel like you fit here yeah there's a place for you and well, that's also the weird part about it is because like when i'm outside like i hope i don't see anybody because mm. i also want that same exact experience for like those people and then if i see someone like out like on the same trail as me i then will like be like oh no i'm like i'm ruining if they see me uh, then i yeah. ruin their experience of like feeling independent like not like independent because like this is that's a, a myth and um but yeah like i just don't want to like I want them to feel like they have the whole world at their mm. disposal. I want them to feel like they have, like, all the potential, like, all, like, the strength, like, all. Yeah. yeah. I just want them to feel like how I feel, and I feel my best when I'm just, like, it's me and the world, and, like, I have the ability, because of, like, Anasazi and because of, like, my own, like, studies and stuff like that, mm. I have the ability to, like, feel safe and protected and, like, s- like strong enough like to survive and like and then if i feel like i can survive like that then like whatever i kind of like put into perspective that's going on like in my life that's like hard because of like society or like money or like rent or whatever like it kind of just puts it into perspective of like not being that like that big of a deal Mm. yeah so like if i can do this and like do i can go back to my problems and kind of be like a little bit more like stronger to like face those or whatever yeah yeah, and I think kind of segueing into your Anasazi journey, mm-hmm. you've you've been a provider of that kind of uh, a creator and provider of that kind of environment for a lot of people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, one thing about Cindy, I can't remember. I don't think I mentioned earlier. Also, is that she has kind of an unparalleled love for at-risk boys <laughs> yep <laughs> it's it's pretty phenomenal and where i i kind of struggle sometimes i have my limits um and i think that's okay to know my boundaries and stuff with that and kind of how far i can go but cindy has this like relentless fierce protector's love for the kids that we worked with at Anasazi and like I want to use the term motherly (laughs) and it is motherly but it's not not unlike any kind of if someone wants to paint a negative aspect of that it's not at all I dare you it's like a fierce a fierce (laughs) lioness uh motherly love for her cubs or something you know if something's coming to mess with the cubs you will destroy them. Oh my God. You know, whatever that may be. (laughs) And so, uh, that kind of gets into like, obviously we were talking a little bit ago, like this episode could be really, really long. (laughs) There's so many things here. So we'll have to make sure because you got to go to work too in a little while. Oh, I'm just going to go free ride. I don't even have to. Oh, okay. You got it. But you got it. You got to get your, your snowboarding in. So, um, uh, (laughs) <laughs> but I snowboard seven days a week. I have put off this podcast for like weeks. So I'm still good for like another okay, hour. Okay. If you can splice this shit up, then I can talk okay, for Okay, I'll see what long. I can do. Um, <laughs> there's there's one little story about your time at Anasazi that I think kind of, to me, kind of in a way encapsulates you a little bit that I think is hilarious, but also inspiring. And I can't remember all the details about it, so I want you to fill in the gaps. Dude. <laughs> but I remember the week where I can't remember if you like, you like broke your hand. Yes! Oh or, my god! <laughs> One of my she favorite like weeks. <laughs> broke her hand or something. She like smashed her hand. Dude, I definitely broke my hand, and I definitely was working a double. Yeah. So she was out for a 16-day shift out in the wilderness. Um, and anybody who's not a familiar with. Uh, wilderness therapy, specifically Anasazi Foundation. You're out there in the wild backcountry, not hiking on trails, not staying at cabins, nothing like that. You're you don't have tents, like nothing. Like it's you know straight up in the backcountry. You back don't even country. have water every day. We went <laughs> yeah. so many days this week because of my <laughs> because. Oh my yeah, god. Yeah, so it, it's crazy and it's wild. But how many days in did you mess up 
on my ninth day. So it I'm, was the first day of my second week. So okay. it was my ninth day. I broke my hand. Yeah, so she, with the help of my my sweet like two hundred eighty pound linebacker kid. Oh my god, <laughs> we'll get into it. Yeah. So she she broke her <laughs> hand, and I remember seeing it. The pictures of it and stuff. Seventeen. When you yeah, like when you got off the trail because you didn't leave. No, I was given the option. Yeah, that's the hilarious part (laughs) because you could have left. It's not like for anyone who's like, "What the heck kind of program is this?" Cindy could have left. Easily. Like yeah, easily. We we would get her out. Yeah, for injuries way less than that. We've been like, "Oh, let's uh, you know, get you checked on," you know, kind of thing. Um, but (laughs) but you wouldn't leave. You have an unbelievable pain tolerance, but also, that too, yeah. I know that you really loved those boys. I, that was, oh, I'm going to cry. And so <laughs> you didn't want to leave. So you stayed out for another week after you broke your hand, which yeah, it was another seven I, I cannot emphasize enough. Anyone who's walked the trail knows <laughs> you need your hands. You really do. Because we don't have backpacks. Like, you, you have to tie your stuff together. You have to using make your, your food. Hands. You have to gather materials to make shelter. Your hands are very important. <laughs> yeah. And so she didn't have a hand. And she stayed out. Why did you do that? Well, I was given... Okay, so it, I was climbing up a cliff behind my... Yeah, this sweet, tender, 300-pound boy. And... Uh, we uh, were racing to water. It was me and JJ. Shout out JJ. Shout out JJ. Oh my god, I love JJ. And um, my hand is forever set different because he attempted to like set, like reset oh, the bones in my gosh. hand. That was amazing, uh, honestly. But um, we were in, we were on the reservation, which literally it kind of wasn't super easy to to get me off the trail. So we had yeah. left Final D. We were like. We left Final D, um, and I think we had actually camped one night, so maybe it was day 10, or maybe I think we might have left camp a day early. I'm pretty sure it was day 9, um, but, so yeah, so we had hiked two days away already from the Final D, and we were going up this, like, cliffside, and we were going super, super fast. The kids still to this day, like, still will hit me up randomly and be like, yo, sorry I broke your hand. Like, that's my beef. And I was like, no, like, that 100%, it was my fault. Like, we were racing towards water. We were, like, not going to get it. Like, we went up some, like, super weird, like, mesa. Like, this, we were trying to make a, we were trying to shortcut, which shortcuts, like, don't work, fam. Just, like, stay on the water. Like, (laughs) just follow, just, yeah. So we hiked up away from the river and, like, hiked, like, Maybe, like, it was a long day. It was, like, nine or ten hours, like, we were hiking, like, up off the water. And so, like, it was getting dark. We were beating the sun. We were trying to race the sun. And so, like, this kid is going up, like, up this cliff, like, in front of me. And anyone that, especially who has, like, a rock climbing, like, experience, like, you know that you, like, wait for the person to, like, get up and, like, make it to the top of the cliff because you don't want to hike. You don't want to climb a cliff behind somebody because they could pull down whatever and and that is what happened he pulled off a boulder like at the very very top of the cliff or whatever and i'm like right behind him and uh, so he pulls down this like i want to say it was like a bowling size like a bowling ball size boulder so like i the natural thing for me was just like to stick my hand out and so like it was like an impact break where like Where, like, my fingers, like, yeah, like, it smashed my fingers. It smashed, like, my, uh, like, like the longer bones, like, the palm of your hand bones or whatever the hell they're called. Um, and, like, I didn't really, like, notice it. Like, I pretty much just, like, I got it away from my face and I was like, all right, cool. Uh, like, climbed to the top. Uh, so then I keep climbing and then I get to the top and one of my kids, I wish I could say his name. God bless this kid. Shout out this kid. He, like... He saw me come up the cliff, and he just turned white. Like, and this was, like, a pretty, like, another, like, really strong, athletic, like, football player, like, tall kid. So, like, I saw him turn white, and I thought there was, like, a bear behind me or something. (laughs) And and I was just like, what? Like, what's going on? Like, so-and-so? And he was just like, Cindy, like, look at your hand. And so, like, I looked at my hand. And it literally, like, I couldn't see the color of my skin. Like, it was just, it was like I was wearing, like, a red glove. And it was down to, like, my elbow. 
Like and from blood or from like blood because when my when my fingers broke and when my hand broke it because it was an impact break or whatever, like the I got this explained I think also by Jared and by the doctor that I did see like a week and a half later. Well, not a doctor; it was my boyfriend at the time, stepdad, who was a veterinarian. He just like treated my hand uh-huh. as like a rabbit leg or whatever, <laughs> <laughs> and so like he said that like from the impact like. The impact was, like, so strong that, like, the sides of my finger, like, the skin had, like, blown out on each side. So, like, these three fingers, like, I had, like, rips in my skin on each side of my finger. So, like, the blood was coming down, like, Uh, every one of my fingers, like, from the sides of my fingers. And then, like, I had, like, a pretty big, like, scrape, like across like this artery like in my hand or whatever and so that then like bled uh, down my arm i'm feeling sick <laughs> it was so well i've had i've had my hand smashed by rocks before but i i think i had uh, to have like punched the rock like, like uh, straight like up having a big heavy rock having your hand sitting on a rock and then having a big heavy rock dropped on your hand that just makes me squirm. <laughs> well, it wasn't even like I had it dro- Oh, yeah, it did drop. It fell. And then I just went up and, like, punched it because that was, like, my... That was just my natural reaction to just, like... Yeah. Punch it out of the way, I uh-huh. guess. Anyway, so, yeah, like, I came up there. JJ got out the sat phone. Yes, I guess the secret's out. Sat phone, whatever. And um, so we called Ridge, which is, yeah, like, the supervisor who was, like, in the field with you. Um which is our friend Jared at the time. And so I called Jared and I explained to him like what happened. And like, he asked me like all like the first responder questions, like, what can you feel? What can like, what's your pain level at whatever. And I was just like, I feel great. My pain level zero. I just need to get cleaned up. (laughs) And he's just like, Cindy, like you could come off the trail. And I was like, uh, not an option. I don't want to. I like, I had literally had asked to work this double. Cause I remember I, I wasn't originally scheduled for it, but I was having such a good time in the band. And I think that clutch had told, I think it was like clutch and Jared were the ridges. And so clutch told me that there was an opening and he was just, I just was like, yo, I'll, I'll walk a second week. I love this band, but I want to be in this band again. And he's like, Oh yeah, done. So, yeah. um, yeah, so I was, like, I volunteered to walk this. Like, I can't, like, leave JJ alone. Like, we split up the band earlier in the week because it was, like, a, yeah, it was, like, kind of gnarly in the beginning of the second week. Um, and so he was just, like, all right, well, like, if you choose to leave, like, it's, like, a two-day walk back to Final D because we were on the reservation. Like, it's a lot less accessible, like, yeah. of an area, and it's, like, l- like, federally protected so if you do anything wrong like you risk like the entire program being kicked out you can like face it with like fifty thousand dollar fines like you like just like you are like probably blacklisted from like freaking all native reservations and all this stuff so whatever so i was just like i don't think it's worth it to go back and hike and meet dave holiday like wherever because he was wind that week which would have been cool but it would have been cooler to stay in the band with all my kids but um which it was i'm glad that i stayed but he was like yeah you could hike out dave would come get you um you can go get your hand checked out and if you wanted to like maybe you could like get dropped back in the band and i'm like that's a lie. They're going to, the farther they hike, the least accessible they're going to be. So that's not going to happen. And so like, I like put the phone down. I was like, I don't want to leave. So I put the phone down and I walk back to the band and I'm just like, Hey boys, like I have the option to either hike back and like leave the trail and like get my hand checked out. I don't really want to do that. But if I stay, well, are you guys down to like help me like tie my shoes and like make my food and like build my packs for me uh-huh. and they were like cindy yes like police day like don't let, oh, like yeah totally family we got you like where are your shoes at right now like what do you need I, i'll help you like are we gonna camp here like i'll go find your rocks right now like uh it'll be great and i was like okay yeah okay i'm gonna stay <laughs> so i like ran back to the i ran back to the phone and i told jared i was like yeah i'm gonna stay the boys are down to help me like jj can like is going to attempt to, like, reset my hand. Like, we'll just see how uh. it goes. Like, honestly, I think it'll be fine. Like, don't worry. And he's just like, Cindy, if you get your hand infected, you could, like, lose your hand. And I'm like, Jared, I'm I'm not going to lose my hand. I'm going to stay in the band. Bye. <laughs> and so, like, yeah, I hung oh, up the phone. Man. Hung up the phone. JJ helped reset my hand. The boys, I swear to God, like, two of them, like, puked. 
like watching them oh. watching their reaction to JJ reset my hand felt worse than getting my hand reset <laughs> for sure like it was oh, <laughs> so gnarly I like feel like I'm gonna puke right now just Don't. thinking about it I'll hold the mic it's okay <laughs> <laughs> so so yeah so that just encapsulates Cindy so beautifully <laughs> And all of her crazy amazingness. Um, but also just that beautiful, I think, yeah, everything kind of coming full circle in this talk because the sense of community that you felt those very first times, you know, going climbing with people and feeling that kind of like filling that void in your life that you felt mm -hmm. um, from having a sense of community. And then that kind of coming full circle and feeling the, the community just being alone with with nature itself and feeling mm -hmm. that belonging place there. But then being working at a wilderness therapy program um, and having that intense desire to help these boys who the vast majority did not choose to go there and did not want to be there, but you created a beautiful sense of community for them so much so that in that kind of situation where it could easily be a situation where it's like, oh, one of the authority figures got hurt and has to leave hallelujah <laughs> you know Authority or heck no figures. i'm not gonna help you like you're like my you're like Mortal the cop <laughs> yeah um but but no you're but like they my mom, and that's why I call yeah you and, and I obviously i wasn't there in that experience but i've you know i walked with a lot of the same boys over the years that you did and stuff uh -huh. and like they loved you and still do yeah. you know you still keep in contact with so many of them and you're a really safe place for a lot of them while they had their experience in the wilderness and uh, so I think that's really awesome. And this isn't just all talk either. Um, Cindy's intense love for um, at-risk boys. You know, she's worked at a bunch of treatment centers as well. Mm -hmm. She's just really passionate about that kind of work. And she's very, very good at it. Um, but you have a tattoo on your leg. <laughs> My first tattoo I ever got was... A tattoo of the words boys band like on my leg and it's Which not like so awesome. it's not like tiny or like in like my knee pit crook or whatever it's like it's pretty on big my and shin. Bold. yeah and it's been gone over like a few times like by my artist and it just keeps getting like bolder and bolder like the more yeah. that she goes over it but that was my first tattoo i like i think it was that group actually that i told because i walked with them like I, I walked in the same groups like literally every single week so i got to see all of my kids from like week one to like week 10 when they like graduated and like left the program or whatever um so i think it was like a few weeks after that we were like we were transferring from the reservation like over to the gila box i think maybe not the gila box no, it definitely was, yeah, because it was, it was Christmas. It was Christmas week. I told them because so I broke my hand Thanksgiving week, and then I, or the week after Thanksgiving, and then I was walking in the same band again, with Adam Hardy. Shout out Adam Hardy. And Adam then, Hardy, uh, man. <laughs> and then yeah, the same boys band. And I told them I was like, guys, I. I'm letting myself get tattoos once I'm 24. My mind will be like more like solidly developed i'll have more money like i'll have been like i'll have like sober ideas like by that time like i i'm gonna do it and i think my first my first tattoo i think is gonna be boys band and they're like cap dude like that no you're not like that's gonna be ridiculous and i'm just like dude why would that be ridiculous like you guys have like shaped so much about who i am and who i want to be and like how i see the world and like and just how much fun I've had, dude. Like, boys bands are just so much fun, dude. Like, they're just... They have supplied me with some of the funniest times I have laughed. Or the funniest times I've experienced and the hardest times I've, like, ever laughed or whatever. So, like, yeah. Every time that I, like, just see my, my boys band tattoo, I think of, like, my favorites which probably equate to like 180 boys at this point mm -hmm. and i just think of like yeah i think of the week that i break my that i broke my hand i think of the week that i was stuck on a mesa for like six days or whatever and i turned that it was that same story that lana told and heard yeah. whatever i was yeah. we weren't st i mean we were all stuck every band everywhere they were at was stuck but i remember yeah just all these like really really just super intense happy beautiful just like hilarious like tender times that i've spent like by like getting to like see like the soft side of like these really like hardened like tough like mean boys 
and they're not like the these like hardened tough like mm. mean kids because like if you if you treat them like people and you give them trust and you like point out the things that they do great and if you like and if you like really like build a connection that isn't based on like oh I want you to like me or I want you to like yeah not see me as like a cop or like some like bad person or whatever in your in your walking if you like go at it more as in like okay how do I get this person to like trust me or like open up to me or like even just like listen to me then I feel like that just does like that just does good for all of your relationships in life and if you can build relationships with boys who are like who are like these like Sometimes, like, I mean, most of my kids that I worked with at Anasazi were mainly, like, substance-using kids, and, like, some here and there, like, pretty, like, behavioral, like, pretty, like, angry, like, violent kids, but not, like, super violent, because we don't take super violent kids, um, but if you can get to the heart of those people, then, like, other people in, in, like, normal life, like, it's, like, a a breeze, Mm. so... Yeah, it just is, I learned a lot from them, probably way more than they learned from me, um, just about how to, like, go about relationships and, like, trust and, like, yeah, just, like, getting to, like, a very, like, I think, like, pure place in, like, contributing to somebody's life. Mm. And it does sound like that I kind of did that, so I'm, like... You definitely did. Yeah, I just want to be reminded of all those kids and just like to to like never like lose like my bearings of like that's how you treat people because then it changes their behavior it changes their worldview it changes their families it changes their hearts like it changes their like attitude and Mm. all that stuff so and it's not even about like what i'm doing like it literally is just like they're making observations and they're doing it themselves yeah you're just you're yeah you're providing the space yeah you're providing the space for them to be able to do that yeah and you're the best in the business at it thank you so (laughs) um well love you a lot cindy love you a lot ford (laughs) um we we are already at (laughs) oh no about as long a podcast as i have made (laughs) and there's all there's still so much more I guess I, w- I want you to be able to share anything right now that that you feel passionate about when it comes to the things that we've said. I realize that's a really vague question. Mm. But is there anything that you would like to say to people who may be listening? I think what I would have to say would just be, number one, if you go outside, bring a journal. You definitely Mm. feel and you think differently when when your thoughts can, can, like, reach beyond, like, walls and ceilings and, like, lights and, uh, like, artificial things. Like, I go outside and I literally feel like a different person sometimes. Like, it affects me so deeply that I like I always love who I am when I'm outside like that's not always the case when I'm in my like basement bedroom with a window that is like eight inches long and like four inches tall or whatever like when I don't see the sun or if I don't have like enough water if I don't have like the wind hit my face for like x amount of hours like I honestly like and I think it's getting I'm getting more sensitive like more sensitive to the lack that I have from being outside than I ever have been, like, in my life. So, like, I'm honestly, like, I'm honestly, like, really, right now, and then the last, like, few months, like, I've kind of, like, been feeling, like, okay, like, when's the snow gonna come? When's the season gonna come? Like, I'm ready to be outside, like, seven days a week, like, because, like I said, like, when it's hot, like, I just, I hate, like, I can't be outside. Like, if I'm outside, I'm, like, in, like, big Cottonwood Creek, like, at the bottom of the creek and, like, just trying to stay in the water for, like, as long as possible. Like, <laughs> yeah. it is really, really hard for me to, like, go outside, like, when it's sunny and hot and, like, dry. So I've, like, 
I've just been like holding out like okay like snowboarding 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 like the sun the snow's gonna come like the resort's gonna open back up again like it'll be fine like and that's kind of like where I I feel like the best at like right now but um but yeah like when you're outside like honestly either like record yourself speaking or like record your thoughts like write and journal and like don't forget how you feel when you're outside because it really is like there the difference is like deafening at least to me like Mm -hmm. I really 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 need those things to like feel strong and feel whole and like independent and maybe not independent independent is not the right word Mm -hmm. independence is a goddamn myth Mm -hmm. and uh I just feel capable like I feel capable and I feel strong enough to like do pretty much anything and to create anything that I need to have for myself. Hmm. Whether that be like a sense of stability when I am in the city and in my house and in my basement bedroom that gets no light. Um, I just have like a more like sense of like true identity when I'm outside and uh, that like helps me get through to the to the next point where I'm like outside and I feel something significant and then and then yeah so you should try it go outside (laughs) go outside record your thoughts feel how you feel different explore why you feel differently like and then see if you can like incorporate stuff to make you feel better like on a daily basis like because of the inspiration that you draw from who you are and how you feel like when you're outside amen I love amen, that. Amen. Yeah. Thanks, Cindy. Of course, Ford. You're the number one champion. You are the number point five champion because no <laughs> one is better than you. <laughs> well, I love you a lot. Hopefully, we get a lot of snow today. It's supposed to be a storm rolling yeah, in. I'll yeah, be praying. a.m. It should be snowing at Sundance right now. All right, I'll be praying that you'll get some snow and get some good, uh, get some good runs in. In the meantime. Farewell, everyone, from this episode of Why We Hide with Cindy Davis. Thank you, thank you, listeners. You're the best. Bye.